The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys. Today, we are going to talk about introducing a new puppy into a household that currently already has dogs. But as always, we're going to start off with the quirky tip of the day. Okay, and that's my cue. Quirky tip of the day. If you have a puppy at home, you want to be careful to regulate the puppy's water. Limit the water intake. And it doesn't mean you have to dehydrate your puppy. But whenever you give the puppy some water, be conscious of the fact that the puppy has had water. Plan on taking that puppy out in the yard shortly afterwards. Yeah, a lot of people get nervous about potty training and they say, oh, I can't get a handle on this and everything else. But they just have water out for the puppy 24-7 and it's really hard for them to regulate and you to get them on a schedule. So just keep that in mind. A lot of times when we've mentioned that to clients in the past, they seem like they had a big revelation. So that's A number one. Whenever we bring a puppy home, we're measuring water and giving it on a schedule. Um, the first thing that you really want to consider if you're going to bring a puppy into a household that either has one adult dog or multiple adult dogs is be an advocate for the older dogs. I know we talked about senior dogs last week on the podcast, and we were kind of going to touch on this topic within that, but then we thought this really kind of stood alone within bringing a puppy into the new house. So your older dogs have been there longer, and puppies are a pain in the butt. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> really, though. I mean, you need to make sure that you're thinking of the older dogs and what's in their best interest, because they've been, you know, having their life a certain way for a while, and you're excited to bring the puppy home. And sometimes dogs are excited to have a new member in their pack, but for the most part, they need a break from the puppy. The puppy is often too much for the older dog, and it kind of shell shocks um, the older dog when the puppy comes. We were talking about it kind of in relation to having a kid. Yeah. I was going to say, tie him back into that water, limiting the access for the puppy. People that have an existing home, a dog at home, typically the water is out all the time because the dog is older, the dog is housebroken, it's a non-issue. So people don't want to take that water up because they feel like their older dog needs access to it. At the same time, their puppy's getting into it when they're not paying attention, and that's when all the housebreaking issues start with the younger puppy. Yeah, so you just want to be conscious of different rules for different members of the household. But when we have clients come in um, with women that are pregnant, and they say, oh, we're going to prep for the baby to come. And this is a separate podcast in and of itself, I'm sure, down the road. But it's a similar process where you want to start preparing for that puppy coming home like you would that baby coming home. So maybe create some more structure in your older dog's life. If they're not used to being crated, if they used to be crated, maybe reintroduce the crate. Sometimes, you know, put them in a separate room. You're going to maybe have to separate those two dogs. Prep for what may um, be the situation once the puppy gets there rather than everything happens all at once. And, you know, you guys are up in the middle of the night with the puppy and the older dogs now are kind of in a tailspin as well. Yeah. Everyone seems to forget what it's like to have a puppy when you have a dog that maybe is 10 or 12 years old, you forget about those puppy months in the beginning. So um, it's a lot of work. You know, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt. It's like having a baby. I mean, you're going to be getting up in the middle of the night. You're going to be having some bumps along the way there over those first few months. But the nice thing about a puppy is that that whole puppyhood is over very quickly. I mean, 10, 12 months, it's all done. 
So if you can suck it up and implement that structure right away, have a plan, uh, you'll get through that relatively easy. Yeah. And people, if you're fortunate enough to have a dog that lived till 12, 15 years old or something before, like Scott said, you often forget about that terrible puppyhood where the teeth are on the floor and you're stepping on them barefoot and the puppy's chewing on everything and they're whining all the time and demanding your attention and ripping stuff up because it was so long ago. It just seems like your older dog was always an angel and super well-behaved and likely they had a harder puppyhood also. Also, the genetics of the dogs are getting a little bit trickier now too. So some of the puppies are actually genetically coming home with anxiety. They are a little more prone to being overexcitable, if you will. There's a little bit of differences going on there too. So in your defense, your dog that passed away at 15 or what it may be, may have actually been a more nicely bred dog than the one you're bringing home now, but you've committed to this puppy and you're on track and you got to set the whole house up for success. So one thing we always say is limit access to the environment. So many people bring a dog home and they're just like, okay, here's your house, enjoy. And um, it's really important that you're kind of introducing freedom slowly for a puppy and that's going to help your older dog too. Yeah. And if your older dog has some ticks, if your older dog happens to be a little bit quirky, uh, you want to be conscious of that. And what I mean is if they have a little bit of guarding issues around the water bowl or toys or this or that, uh, you may have forgotten about it because you don't have another dog in the house, but you may have seen it in the past and then kind of forgotten about it. But those are the kind of things that this new puppy comes into the mix where your older dog all of a sudden can get a little bit nasty with the puppy. So if your dog does have some of these types of issues, you want to be conscious of that and pick up triggers that may be in the house that maybe your puppy will be walking into naively and wind up getting nailed by the older dog, you know? Yeah. And if you do know that your older dog has some aggression issues or some anxiety issues or reactivity or resource guarding, like Scott said, if the dog wants to keep other dogs away from its food bowl and water bowl and everything else, you need to be proactive with those things too. Yes, you may be caught off guard and say, oh, wow, this dog hasn't acted that way in quite some time or since so-and-so brought their dog over. But you really need to be mindful of, if you know there are issues, don't set the situation up to fail. Don't just kind of... Yeah, hope let, for the best. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I just thought it would be okay. You know, we had a client um, a few years ago one of the nicest bulldogs we've ever had. And um, they rescued this puppy. What was it? A Tibetan terrier or something? Yeah. yeah. So they brought it up. And the first thing they did was bring it to our facility. And they said, all right, like we want to see how these dogs get along. And the bulldog was nice for bulldog standards. We're not anti-bulldog, but bulldogs can be difficult sometimes. But he did have some animal aggression. And we specifically said, okay, like, you know, keep these dogs separate. He wasn't comfortable with the dog at first. Scott walked them both on a leash. The bulldog was kind of going after the little dog on leash. And we said, like, let things simmer down here for a week or so. And then that night, they texted us a picture of both the dogs sitting together. And that went well for them. And luckily, there weren't any issues. But, I mean, you don't just want to kind of wait and see what happens organically because that can go real, real bad. And puppies especially – if they get something imprinted at a young age where an adult dog has been, you know, aggressive towards them or something else, they can really be screwed up for the rest of their lives. So you don't want to screw up your puppy because you kind of botched this introduction of the puppy coming into the house with the adult dog. And then yeah. we are talking about um, playtime and potty time also. Yeah. I mean, I would, obviously you're going to have the puppy and the older dog interact. They're going to play together. They're going to have fun. But keep in mind, I always use the analogy. It's kind of like grandparents and the grandkids. The grandparents love having the kids over. 
but they don't want to watch them for the whole weekend. They don't want them sleeping over because they just don't have the energy levels. The energy levels are completely incompatible. You have the young puppy with these bursts of energy running around crazy, and you have the older dog that is more even-tempered at that stage when they get to be seven, eight years old. They're typically not going to be crazy. So they may roughhouse and play a bit, but then they're going to lay down because they're older, their metabolism is slower. And the puppy is going to continue to jump on them and uh, try to get them to play with them. And then eventually, typically, the older dog is going to nip at the puppy to say, hey, back off, give me a break. And uh, a lot of people think that it's natural to let them organically work it out. I don't think it's necessary that your puppy gets nailed to learn a lesson. It would be nice if you just separated them when you saw that the older dog had had enough. It's pretty easy to see. And then take the puppy and, and separate them and give the older dog a break. You know, And it is easy to see if you are supervising the two dogs together. But a lot of people just think, oh, I'll just let the dogs hang out in the living room while I make breakfast. And then something escalates and... Even with our clients, we'd say, oh, what happened? And they, oh, I don't know. Or the kids are there and they're on their phones and, you know, the parents run in, oh, what happened? How, you know, and nobody can tell you what happened. So if there is a certain trigger that is happening continuously, at least you know what that trigger is and how to head it off um, in the future. And also that goes for potty time also. I, I'm a little crazy about um, potty time. I, guess, I can testify. <laughs> I guess that. the more we podcast, the more crazy I have. Um, but... Not only nails, but also pottying. But as far as pottying goes, I really like my dogs to go to the bathroom on command. And I like to teach that right when they get home, right as puppies. I want to generalize the surfaces that they go. And if it's raining outside, I don't want to be outside for half an hour waiting for the dog to go potty. So it's really important for me that I train my puppies like, okay, this is what happens. We go out, you go potty right away, you come in, it's great. Well, a lot of people don't want to go through that effort. They don't want to put a leash on their dog to go potty if they have a yard and everything else. But if you're letting the puppy out with the older dog, one, the puppy may not be going to the bathroom. So that's something that you need to consider because they're so busy playing. They're so excited to be out there with their older brother and sister. Then they come inside and they pee. And a lot of people think, oh, why did that happen? It could be a medical issue. And we always say, well, watch your dog outside. Did the dog go to the bathroom? I don't know. So that's important. You need to think about seeing if the dog did actually relieve itself or not. So that's one part of it, that the dog could be not focusing on going to the bathroom and playing with the older dog. And then the other part of it could be that's the older dog's time to also be out in the yard and enjoy smelling things and enjoy doing its rituals too. So that may be a time that the dog may be a little bit more persnickety with a puppy than even inside the house, because that's kind of like the time away from the family, the dog's own time and everything else. So just be thoughtful of that. And then while I'm on the outdoor potty time, especially since we're heading into the winter months here um, for some of the country, I think it's going to get cool here at some point. We've had a beautiful fall so far. Um, when it snows out, guys, you need to be conscious of the puppies eating snow, because Snow is water, okay? That's just the bottom line. That is, we're talking about limiting water intake for puppies and helping with your potty training. If your dog is out there just licking and <clears throat> licking and licking and lapping up snow and ice, there's more water in its system. So be conscious, especially during the winter months, of watching your puppies um, outside while they go to the bathroom. And then after the break, we're going to discuss some more about rescues and how you can help your older dogs when a puppy comes home. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? 
Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. Okay, guys. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, we thought about mentioning, and we should, is bringing a rescue into the house with your older dog. You may wind up getting a, a rescue puppy that is, you know, six, seven, eight months old, but it's not an eight-week-old puppy that you got from a breeder. And uh, quite often, we have found that these rescues are misrepresented. They're not uh, the love bugs that everyone says they are, and it doesn't mean they're bad dogs. But they, no one, quite often, no one person has had that rescue long enough to really get a good handle on their temperament and their behavior. It may have come up from the South, someone handed it off to somebody else, or you may have seen that dog on Pet Finder and uh, got some information through email. But you want to really assess the dog that's in front of you. You don't want to go on an email that you got that said, this dog loves all children, loves all dogs, loves everything. You want to assess that dog and uh, not just hope for the best again. So you want, what I would recommend doing with a, and you could do this with a puppy too. It depends on, on what your dog, present dog is like, but I would have the new dog in a crate in your home so that the existing dog can smell that dog through the crate. And there can be some interaction in a safe way so that you don't have a fight that breaks out in the middle of your living room. Yeah. And a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm going to create my older dog and let the puppy or the new young rescue go and see my older dog. Well, that frankly is going to piss a lot of older dogs off. So what you're going to see there, especially if your dog has some barrier aggression, you don't want that puppy going up to the crate and then your dog blowing up. If the new rescue that you brought home has some barrier aggression, you'll be able to see that pretty quickly if the older dog is just moseying around the house and then goes to sniff the crate and then the dog goes after it. And we're not trying to harp on rescues. We've just seen a lot of like Scott said, misrepresented storylines over the past few years. But the same thing goes for puppies that come home from a breeder. We had a client um, a few months ago, and she actually wrote the breeder and said, have you done this cross before? Because the puppy was legitimately so aggressive. It was a doodle, and like it really was a fiery puppy. And the breeder got all offended and was like, "This, of course, I've done this cross many times, and the dog has a great temperament. It must be you, and yada, 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 yada. But just because a breeder says something or just because a rescue says something or just because the paperwork says something, don't think about any of that. You need to make a judgment call with what you're seeing in front of you because things change and sometimes there is a story that doesn't really turn into reality. So you just want to be conscious of those things. And Scott mentioned um, rescues coming home, you know, even if they got up to like eight months, they're still younger dogs. But really the time frame of a puppy is eight weeks to six months old. People get a little bit confused about that. And I mean, I'll fall into that trap too, just because when I get a young dog, I'm like, oh, my puppy, my puppy, my puppy. Well, my puppy is going to be three next month, so I should stop calling her my puppy. But theoretically, if you're thinking of a specific age frame, it is eight weeks when a dog should first be coming home. You don't really want to get a puppy earlier than that because they shouldn't be leaving their mothers earlier than that to six months. That's really puppyhood. And no, a seven month old dog coming home isn't going to be an adult and all these rules can get thrown out the window. But that is kind of the definition of puppyhood, especially if you have 
a smaller dog, a lot of those dogs are almost full grown, you know, at six to eight months old. So just be conscious yeah. of that. <clears throat> when I think about that eight week to six month, I think of like stupid puppy. That's when they're um, mentally, emotionally, they're maturing. They're doing really foolish, stupid stuff because they have no maturity at all. But from six months to 12 or even two years, they're, physic they're continuing to physically develop into an adult dog. But they still have that immaturity. But they're old enough at that point to take some direction. Just like a child, when they reach you know, seven, seven years old, they're much more likely to take some direction and understand there's consequences for not following through when they're told to take a bath and things like that, you know? And that's why we're recommending implementing some crating and some X-pens and some containment setups for when the dog first comes home, because you don't want to just be running around the house saying no, 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 no. And furthermore, you don't want your adult dog to just get fed up with the whole situation. And you have to realize that Dog behavior always kind of heads to the least common denominator, if that makes sense. So if your puppy comes home and it's a super docile puppy and, you know, really quiet and everything's great, it would be great. And we would have been out of a job a long time ago if the older dog could just see that younger puppy and then start acting more like that. But the fact of the matter is dogs are going to do the whatever the worst behaviors are, they're all going to factor into that least common denominator. So instead of that happening where the older dog sees the calm puppy and they start modeling that and becoming calmer, if your older dog is noisy, your puppy's probably going to start becoming noisy. So you really want to think of these things and how to manage these things. So if you don't like that your dogs um, bark when the doorbell rings, then when your new puppy comes, set that up so they can't see that that's the behavior that your dogs have been doing for a lot of years. There's a agility trainer in Canada I really like. When, her, when someone rings her doorbell, her phone actually rings, which I thought was very clever. But that way, you're not getting those reps again to another generation because I guarantee you within a week, if not sooner, your doorbell rings, Amazon knocks on your door, whatever it is, everybody barks, then the puppy is going to start doing that behavior as well. So if you yeah. want to stop some trends, um, be proactive in setting things up to go differently. Yeah. And one thing I would recommend with a new puppy or a rescue is a drag line. Get a, a six foot leash, cut the handle off of it and just let the puppy, first of all, they need to get used to a leash anyway and a collar on their neck. So the best place to do that is just while they're in the house hanging out, just put a leash and collar on them and let them just drag that little puppy leash around the house. And that way, if um, you see them starting to get into some mischief, you can pick up the leash and redirect them. And if you're a little bit concerned about your older dog, I would leave a leash on that one so that you can actually break something up or move a dog away from a window that starts barking, that type of stuff. Yeah. So just be conscious of setting yourself and your house up for success, because really at the end of the day... Um, while everything probably will be fine, things can go bad quickly and w give up what you want, um, right now for what you want most of all. That's a quote that we really like. And if most of all you want the dogs to be living, uh, cohesively together and just peaceful and everything else, then set that up to kind of, uh, head towards that ultimate goal rather than let mayhem incur. And we want to let you guys know that we're super excited because we're releasing our How to Calm Your Canine 30-Day Challenge today. So if you've been wow. with us all the way through and you're still listening, uh, which I hope you are, um, I really want you to think about what this could do for you and your dog. So we're going to have a private Facebook group if you decide to enroll in this course. 
We're also going to be doing some Facebook Lives, and the challenge is going to start on October 30th, but if you sign up between now and October 30th, you're actually going to have access to that group and the first week of training and everything else right away. It's Scott and I going through some exercises from our manual that we put out a while ago and a lot of time-tested techniques, and we want you to be able to implement these things with your dogs so the holidays maybe go better than they used to and everything else. And even though it is a 30-day challenge, we're going to give you guys access to the Facebook group and the course and everything else for three months because we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you can't accomplish everything. And we really want to see a change in you and your dog. So it's going to be a limited group. If you're interested in it, you can check out the Facebook bio. It'll be on our Instagram bio and everything else. But this Wednesday is when we released it and it's going to be open for a week. But the sooner you get in, the sooner you claim your spot, the more likely you are to start enjoying your dog sooner. And go to caninehealing.com, right? And get yeah. information, get yeah, straight to it Yeah, you can link there. right over there also. You know, getting back to this is something that I was thinking about. Um, to supervise their interaction, if you get an X-Pen for your puppy in the kitchen or whatever room of the house you have it in, it's a way that the older dog and the puppy can actually have interaction without physical contact a lot because the, the older dog can walk over and check out the puppy whenever they want and the older dog can walk away. But it's different than having the puppy so confined in a crate. You know, you don't want your dog in a crate all day and you're not going to be able to supervise the puppy all day long. So a nice compromise is to get a, crate, a, a X-Pen that maybe is about, you know, six feet in diameter and the puppy can have puppy toys in there and the puppy can do things that'll mentally stimulate the puppy and the older dog can crash on their bed and not be hassled by this puppy. They both have freedom. It's just that the puppy has less freedom than yeah, the older and dog. and you can get in there also if there's an X-Pen. Of course, if it's a crate, it's going to be too small for you to climb in, hopefully, if you got you can throw the, the kids in there, too. Correct size yeah. crate, yeah. And a lot of puppies, if they're coming from a breeder, they're used to that pen setup. That's how they were raised. They're in there with their litter. So it's another way to kind of segue and to set the puppy up for success. So um, next week, we're going to go over dogs and Halloween because we're getting to that time when we're wow. going to get all Halloween. Already. And uh, if you need anything or if you have any feedback or comments, email us at studio at thequirkydog.com. And we got our adult dog and our puppy. And keep it quirky. <laughs>The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.